not a friend of democracy. We're going to cancel the Paris Climate Agreement. As to the UN, things will be different after January 20th. NATO is obsolete. The Ukraine. NATO is obsolete. I think it's largely obsolete. Yeah, it's got to be changed. Some high-profile Republicans now threatening to try and yank funding from the United Nations. I will veto any attempt by the UN to impose its will on the Jewish state. Uh, If Donald Trump is elected uh, on the basis of what he has said already, uh, I think it's without any doubt that he would be dangerous. Uh, It's nothing that should be taken seriously. NATO remains an indispensable engine for effective international security cooperation. Shalom and welcome to Sedemoon.com. This is Joseph Dumont speaking to you once again, and we have a lot to cover this evening, this afternoon, this morning, wherever you're listening to us. I do hope you're tuning in to our podcasts and our newsletters. I also hope you're going to our website and watching our videos and learning about the things that are happening in this world. In 2005, I began to talk about this subject, the sabbatical and jubilee years and the curses that they reveal. And in 2013, we made a video. We made a number of videos explaining all these things that I'm understanding and trying to share with people so that they can understand. We've written them in our books, remembering the sabbatical year of 2016 and the 2300 days of hell and the process of Abram and the blood moons, the elephant in the room. But I'm puzzled. I'm puzzled by the fact that so many of you have heard these things, have come to understand these things, and yet when you see the new stuff happening on the nightly news, I don't see anyone shouting it out. I don't see anyone saying anything. So I want to go over this again with some of you and explain it to the new people so that you understand, and hopefully we can get our point across here in this, this podcast. So let's first of all listen to what we said. We recorded in 2013. We got radio interviews I could dig up from 2009-2008 that we've done. But we started talking about this in 2005. So here's the podcast or the the video recording talking about the first curse. And then we're going to move on from that. We're good by our own standards. But then they stop reading here and they don't go to Leviticus 14, 26-14. And it begins to tell you the curses you will obey and the ones we're already receiving for not keeping the sabbatical years. The first curse. You ready? Seatbelts fastened? You'll recognize this stuff because it's on your nightly news. But if you will not listen to me, Leviticus 26, verse 14, but if you will not listen to me and will not do all these commandments, Jehovah's commandments, And if you shall despise my statutes or if your soul hates my judgments so that you will not do all my commandments so that you break my covenant, my covenant, the covenant of Mount Sinai, I will also do this to you. I will even appoint terror over you. And we showed you this week what that word terror actually means. And I showed you, and I broke it down, and I showed you that hammer that's coming, the hammer that's going to break apart this great nation here. And you all were bawling. Because you've seen it. 
Right now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going through the first introductory teaching. There are more teachings on my website that you can see that explain this in detail. Go and see them. This terror, this hammer that's coming is going to destroy this great nation. And you too, if you don't change and repent. Terror over you. Consumption and burning fever, consuming the eyes and causing sorrow of heart. And you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. Verse 17, and I will set my face against you, and you shall be slain before your enemies. We explained to you in the prophecy of Nida, show you what Nida means, and how your soldiers, your beautiful, great, strong American soldiers in the army, military, and navy, they're going to be slain. And their blood's going to bleed out like a filthy rag on this nation. They that hate you shall reign over you. And you are the one of the most hated nations in the world. And it's funny that you are hated along with the Israelites, the Jews. You're the great Satan, and they're the little Satan. How did that happen? Because you're brothers. And you shall flee when no one pursues you, when none pursues you. When we wrote the Prophet of Abraham back in 2008-2009 on my newsletters and then published it in a book in 2010, the Arab Spring had not yet taken place. And yet in that book, I told you the Arab Spring was about to happen. It has to happen because we're told in the prophecy in, uh, that Isaac gave to Esau that in the last days he would break off the yoke of his brother Jacob Genesis 27, verse 39 and 40. And Isaac his father answered and said to him, Behold, your dwelling shall be of the fatness of the earth and the dew of heaven from above. And by your sword you shall live and shall serve your brother. And it shall be when you, have, when you shall have the dominion, you shall break his yoke from off your neck. That word dominion is also used in Daniel, and it means to break in pieces. So this prophecy about Isaac, or Esau in the last days, is combined with the Islamic faith, and is combined with this terror that we're seeing take place. This was before ISIS, this was before the Arab Spring, and I was telling you about this many, many years ago. And now it's here. So now I want you to listen to what Donald Trump recently just did in Riyadh. You already know the news. You've heard it. But I want you to listen to it. And I want you to understand that this is part of that great terror from Isaac's blessing to Esau and the curse, the for, uh, first curse of Leviticus 26, starting in verse 14. The first curse that we just read. Now have a listen to Donald Trump. But this future can only be achieved through defeating terrorism and the ideology that drives it. Few nations have been spared the violent reach of terrorism. America has suffered repeated barbaric attacks from the atrocities of September 11th to the devastation of the Boston bombings to the horrible killings in San Bernardino and Orlando. The nations of Europe have also endured unspeakable horror. So too have the nations of Africa and South America. 
India, Russia, China, and Australia have all been victims. But in sheer numbers, the deadliest toll has been exacted on the innocent people of Arab, Muslim, and Middle Eastern nations. We now face a humanitarian and security disaster in this region that is spreading across the planet. It is a tragedy of epic proportions. No description of the suffering and depravity can begin to capture its full measure. The tutro of ISIS, if you look at what's happening, Al-Qaeda, Hezbollah, Hamas, and so many others must be counted not only in the number of dead, it also must be counted in generations of vanished dreams. Terrorism has spread all across the world, but the path to peace begins right here on this ancient soil in this sacred land. America is prepared to stand with you in pursuit of shared interests and common security. But the nations of the Middle East cannot wait for American power to crush this enemy for them. The nations of the Middle East will have to decide what kind of future they want for themselves, for their country, and frankly, for their families and for their children. It's a choice between two futures, and it is a choice America cannot make for you. A better future is only possible if your nations drive out the terrorists and drive out the extremists. Drive them out. Drive them out of your places of worship. Drive them out of your communities. Drive them out of your holy land. And drive them out of this earth. So that was Donald Trump speaking in Riyadh in May of 2017 to a gathering of all the Muslim nations in that area. And he told them, he identified the source, and he also told them that many Muslims are being killed by these terrorists. So it identifies the first curse. And I wanted to show you that just recently in 2017, Donald Trump is telling you that we have a plague of terror around the world. It's part of the very first curse. But we're also talking about the second curse here today. And I want you to listen to this. But well, we've been saying this since 2005. We've been telling people about it. But I'm gonna play you the recording that we did in 2013, just so you can be refreshed. And then we're gonna go back to 2006. Second curse, Leviticus 26:18. If and if, there's that biggest word in the Bible. If you will not listen, listen to me for all this, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. That is not seven times as in there's going to be seven times or seven more people coming. That's referring to years as in times, time and a half time in Daniel. Times, time and a half time in Daniel, you all know to be three and a half years. So why is this not known to be seven years? We're talking about sabbatical cycles in the chapter before. So you're not going to keep those sabbatical cycles. Here's the curses according to those sabbatical cycles. 
And if you will not yet listen to me for all this, then I will punish you seven times seven years more for your sins. And these curses are not lineal, they are compounded. That means that when the first one is, takes place, it is added to with the second one. So now you got two going on, and then the third one takes place, you've got three going on, and the fourth, you've got four things going on at the same time. And I will break the pride of your power, and I will make your heaven like iron, and your earth like bronze. And your strength shall be spent in vain, and your land shall not yield, shall not yield its increase, neither shall the trees of the field yield their fruit. So this is the second curse, and we've been talking about this second curse, and the first, all these five curses, since 2005. And then something happened in 2006. It's called An Inconvenient Truth that Al Gore put out. And I want you to play that trailer that he played in 2006 for his video. And if you haven't watched the video, go and watch it. It's got some good footage on there, but it's misleading the people because he's talking about a carbon footprint for man, but he's not talking about the second curse, which is what Jehovah is sending on us for not obeying him. Have a listen. If you look at the 10 hottest years ever measured, they've all occurred in the last 14 years. And the hottest of all was 2005. The scientific consensus is that we are causing global warming. I am Al Gore. I used to be the next president of the United States of America. This is Patagonia 75 years ago and the same glacier today. This is Mount Kilimanjaro, 30 years ago, and last year, within the decade, there will be no more snows of Kilimanjaro. This is really not a political issue so much as a moral issue. Temperature increases are taking place all over the world, and that's causing stronger storms. This is the biggest crisis in the history of this country. Early this morning, Hurricane Katrina slammed into New Orleans. Is it possible that we should prepare against other threats besides terrorists? From Paramount Classics comes a film that has shocked audiences everywhere they've seen it. The Arctic is experiencing faster melting. If this were to go, sea level worldwide would go up 20 feet. This is what would happen in Florida. Around Shanghai, home to 40 million people. The area around Calcutta, 60 million. Here's Manhattan. The World Trade Center Memorial would be underwater. Think of the impact of a couple hundred thousand refugees, and then imagine a hundred million. We have to act together to solve this global crisis. ability to live is what is at stake. Pretty dramatic, isn't it, brethren? But I just went and checked the, the Mount Kilimanjaro glaciers, and, they, and I checked the pictures, and they're there in February 2017. Then I went to the Patagonia uh, glaciers in Argentina, and 
there are pictures in February 2017 also of them being back there. So I'm not exactly 100% sure what Al Gore is referring to. But he's not referring to Jehovah. He is referring to a cause. And that is the cause that is being put forward by the United Nations under UNEP, the United Nations Environmental Program, which began in Stockholm, Sweden in 1972. And 49 years later, brings you to June 6th to 16th, 2020. So that United Nations Environmental Program keeps changing names. It's called the Rio Environmental uh, Plan, then the Rio Plus 20, then Agenda 21. And today, it's known as the Paris Treaty Accord. And each time they have one of these meetings at the United Nations, someplace around the world, or uh, Green Earth Day or Mother Earth Day or Plant Tree Days, and, and they promote the, the um, native Indians tree worshiping and, and earth worship, but they dismiss Christians, they dismiss Torah observant believers, and they dismiss the Muslims as being the cause of all these things. Are you being brainwashed into something that you don't understand? And that is what the world is doing right now in their fight against President Trump, who has just this past week revoked the United States uh, signing in November last year by the Obama administration. He has revoked that Paris Treaty Accord and is now getting out of it. Have a listen. In my meetings at the G7, we have taken historic steps to demand fair and reciprocal trade that gives Americans a level playing field against other nations. We're also working very hard for peace in the Middle East, and perhaps even peace between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Our attacks on terrorism are greatly stepped up, and you see that. You see it all over. From the previous administration, including getting many other countries to make major contributions to the fight against terror. Big, big contributions are being made by countries that weren't doing so much in the form of contribution. One by one, we are keeping the promises I made to American people during my campaign for president. Whether it's cutting job-killing regulations, appointing and confirming a tremendous Supreme Court justice, putting in place tough new ethics rules, achieving a record reduction in illegal immigration on our southern border, or bringing jobs, plants, and factories back into the United States at numbers which no one until this point thought even possible. And believe me, we've just begun. The fruits of our labor will be seen very shortly, even more so. On these issues and so many more, we're following through on our commitments. And I don't want anything to get in our way. I am fighting every day for the great people of this country. Therefore, in order to fulfill my solemn duty to protect America and its citizens, the United States will withdraw from the Paris Climate Accord 
The Paris Climate Accord is simply the latest example of Washington entering into an agreement that disadvantages the United States to the exclusive benefit of other countries, leaving American workers, who I love, and taxpayers to absorb the cost in terms of lost jobs, lower wages, shuttered factories, and vastly diminished economic production. Thus, as of today, the United States will cease all implementation of the non-binding Paris Accord and the draconian financial and economic burdens the agreement imposes on our country. This includes ending the implementation of the nationally determined contribution and, very importantly, the Green Climate Fund, which is costing the United States a vast fortune. Compliance with the terms of the Paris Accord and the onerous energy restrictions that is placed on the United States could cost America as much as 2.7 million lost jobs by 2025, according to the National Economic Research Associates. This includes 440,000 fewer manufacturing jobs, not what we need. Believe me, this is not what we need, including automobile jobs and the further decimation of vital American industries on which countless communities rely. They rely for so much, and we would be giving them so little. According to the same study, by 2040, compliance with the commitments put into place by the previous administration would cut production for the following sectors. Paper, down 12 percent. Cement, down 23 percent. Iron and steel, down 38 percent. Coal, and I happen to love the coal miners, down 86 percent. Natural gas down 31 percent. The cost of the economy at this time would be close to $3 trillion in lost GDP and six and a half million industrial jobs, while households would have $7,000 less income and, in many cases, much worse than that. Not only does this deal subject our citizens to harsh economic restrictions, it fails to live up to our environmental ideals. As someone who cares deeply about the environment, which I do, I cannot in good conscience support a deal that punishes the United States, which is what it does. The world's leader in environmental protection while imposing no meaningful obligations on the world's leading polluters. For example, under the agreement, China will be able to increase these emissions by 
a staggering number of years, 13. They can do whatever they want for 13 years, not us. India makes its participation contingent on receiving billions and billions and billions of dollars in foreign aid from developed countries. There are many other examples, but the bottom line is that the Paris Accord is very unfair at the highest level to the United States. Further, while the current agreement effectively blocks the development of clean coal in America, which it does, and the mines are starting to open up, We're having a big opening in two weeks, Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, so many places. A big opening of a brand new mine, it's unheard of. For many, many years, that hasn't happened. They asked me if I'd go, I'm gonna try. China will be allowed to build hundreds of additional coal plants. So we can't build the plants, but they can, according to this agreement. India will be allowed to double its coal production by 2020. Think of it. India can double their coal production. We're supposed to get rid of ours. Even Europe is allowed to continue construction of coal plants. In short, the agreement doesn't eliminate coal jobs. It just transfers those jobs out of America and the United States and ships them to foreign countries. This agreement is less about the climate and more about other countries gaining a financial advantage over the United States. The rest of the world applauded when we signed the Paris Agreement. They went wild. They were so happy. For the simple reason that it put our country, the United States of America, which we all love, at a very, very big economic disadvantage. A cynic would say the obvious reason for economic competitors and their wish to see us remain in the agreement is so that we continue to suffer this self-inflicted major economic wound. We would find it very hard to compete with other countries from other parts of the world. We have among the most abundant energy reserves on the planet, sufficient to lift millions of America's poorest workers out of poverty. Yet under this agreement, we are effectively putting these reserves under lock and key, taking away the great wealth of our nation. It's great wealth. It's phenomenal wealth. Not so long ago, we had no idea we had such wealth and leaving millions and millions of families trapped in poverty and joblessness. The agreement is a massive redistribution of United States wealth to other countries. At 1% growth, renewable sources of energy can meet some of our domestic demand. But at 3 or 4% growth, which I expect, we need all forms of available American energy, or our country 
will be at grave risk of brownouts and blackouts. Our businesses will come to a halt in many cases, and the American family will suffer the consequences in the form of lost jobs and a very diminished quality of life. Even if the Paris Agreement were implemented in full, with total compliance from all nations, it is estimated it would only produce a two-tenths of one degree. Think of that. This much Celsius reduction in global temperature by the year 2100. Tiny, tiny amount. In fact, 14 days of carbon emissions from China alone would wipe out the gains from America, and this is incredible statistic, would totally wipe out the gains from America's expected reductions in the year 2030. After we have had to spend billions and billions of dollars, lost jobs, closed factories, and suffered much higher energy costs for our businesses and for our homes. As the Wall Street Journal wrote this morning, the reality is that withdrawing is in America's economic interest and won't matter much to the climate. The United States under the Trump administration will continue to be the cleanest and most environmentally friendly country on Earth will be the cleanest. We're going to have the cleanest air. We're going to have the cleanest water. We will be environmentally friendly, but we're not going to put our businesses out of work. And we're not going to lose our jobs. We're going to grow. We're going to grow rapidly. The fact that the Paris deal hamstrings the United States while empowering some of the world's top polluting countries should dispel any doubt as to the real reason why foreign lobbyists wish to keep our magnificent country tied up and bound down by this agreement. It's to give their country an economic edge over the United States. That's not going to happen while I'm president. I'm sorry. The Paris Agreement handicaps the United States economy in order to win praise from the very foreign capitals and global activists that have long sought to gain wealth at our country's expense. They don't put America first. I do, and I always will. The same nations asking us to stay in the agreement are the countries that have collectively cost America trillions of dollars through tough trade practices and, in many cases, lax contributions to our critical military alliance. You see what's happening. It's pretty obvious to those that want to keep an open mind. At what point does America get demeaned at what point do they start laughing at us as a country?
We want fair treatment for its citizens, and we want fair treatment for our taxpayers. We don't want other leaders and other countries laughing at us anymore, and they won't be. They won't be. I was elected to represent the citizens of Pittsburgh, not Paris. I promised I would exit or renegotiate any deal which fails to serve America's interests. Many trade deals will soon be under renegotiation. Very rarely do we have a deal that works for this country, but they'll soon be under renegotiation. The process has begun from day one, but now we're down to business. Beyond the severe energy restrictions inflicted by the Paris Accord, it includes yet another scheme to redistribute wealth out of the United States through the so-called Green Climate Fund — nice name — which calls for developed countries to send $100 billion to developing countries, all on top of America's existing and massive foreign aid payments. So we're going to be paying billions and billions and billions of dollars, and we're already way ahead of anybody else. Many of the other countries haven't spent anything. And many of them will never pay one dime. The Green Fund would likely obligate the United States to commit potentially tens of billions of dollars, of which the United States has already handed over one billion dollars. Nobody else is even close. Most of them haven't even paid anything, including funds raided out of America's budget for the war against terrorism. That's where they came. Believe me, they didn't come from me. They came just before I came into office. Not good. And not good the way they took the money. In 2015, the United Nations, departing top climate officials, reportedly described the $100 billion per year as peanuts and stated that the $100 billion is the tail that wags the dog. In 2015, the Green Climate Fund's executive director reportedly stated that estimated funding needed would increase to $450 billion per year after 2020. And nobody even knows where the money is going to. Nobody's been able to say, where is it going to? Of course, the world's top polluters have no affirmative obligations under the Green Fund, which we terminate. America is $20 trillion in debt. Cash-strapped cities cannot hire enough police officers or fix vital infrastructure. Millions of our citizens are out of work. And yet, under the Paris Accord, Billions of dollars 
that ought to be invested right here in America will be sent to the very countries that have taken our factories and our jobs away from us. So think of that. There are serious legal and constitutional issues as well. Foreign leaders in Europe, Asia, and across the world should not have more to say with respect to the U.S. economy than our own citizens and their elected representatives. Thus, our withdrawal from the agreement represents a reassertion of America's sovereignty. Staying in the agreement could also pose serious obstacles for the United States as we begin the process of unlocking the restrictions on America's abundant energy reserves, which we have started very strongly. It would once have been unthinkable that an international agreement could prevent the United States from conducting its own domestic economic affairs. But this is the new reality we face if we do not leave the agreement or if we do not negotiate a far better deal. The risks grow as historically these agreements only tend to become more and more ambitious over time. In other words, the Paris framework is just a starting point, as bad as it is, not an end point. And exiting the agreement protects the United States from future intrusions on the United States' sovereignty and massive future legal liability. Believe me, we have massive legal liability if we stay in. As President, I have one obligation, and that obligation is to the American people. The Paris Accord would undermine our economy, hamstring our workers, weaken our sovereignty, impose unacceptable legal risk, and put us at a permanent disadvantage to the other countries of the world. It is time to exit the Paris Accord. And time to pursue a new deal that protects the environment, our companies, our citizens, and our country. It is time to put Youngstown, Ohio, Detroit, Michigan, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, along with many, many other locations within our great country, before Paris, France. It is time to make America great again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mr. President, it takes courage, it takes commitment to say no to the plaudits of men while doing what's right by the American people. You have that courage, and the American people can take comfort because you have their backs. Thank you, Mr. President. So we finally got a president with balls of steel who's going to stand up to the Europeans 
the EU Parliament, the unelected parliamentarians over there who are trying to run and ruin the United States and to ruin the Western society. And that includes Great Britain and Canada. Now, Canada has joined up with this stupid accord, but we're going to learn a hard lesson down the road. But I wanted you to hear that. I wanted you to hear what President Trump has done and why he has done it. And I played a, a long section there so you can hear what was going on. The Paris Accord is not about saving the environment. The Paris Accord, Paris Treaty, is about transferring the wealth from the United States into the rest of the world, who does nothing to save the environment. This is a serious thought here. Now, before I go on, and you know, we've already been playing for uh, 45 minutes here, I want to play you some of the reactions, okay? And then we're going to have a short little talk about what is going on here. Have a listen to what Al Gore's new movie coming out this June is going to be saying. Here's the trailer. It's supposed to be 70 degrees today. It's freezing here. Speaking of global warming, where is we need some global warming? It's freezing. The most criticized scene in the movie An Inconvenient Truth was showing that the combination of sea level rise and storm surge would flood the 9-11 memorial site. And people said, what a terrible exaggeration. Hurricane Sandy slammed into New York City last night, flooding the World Trade Center site. Storms get stronger and more destructive. Watch the water splash off the city. This is global warming. I felt so scared, sorry. Despair can be paralyzing, but this to me is the most exciting new development. We're seeing a tremendous amount of positive change. The basis is there, but it's still not enough. It's crunch time at the climate change conference in Paris. Still some really tough negotiations going on. What would it take to shift to renewables? I'm talking about breaking the impasse. Virtually every nation in the entire world agreed to get to zero greenhouse emissions. It is unprecedented. It's time to put America first. That includes a promise to cancel billions in climate change spending. Our plan will end the EPA. The next generation would be justified in looking back at us and asking, what were you thinking? Couldn't you hear what the scientists were saying? Couldn't you hear what Mother Nature was screaming at you? This movement is in the tradition of every great movement that has advanced humankind. We're not going to recognize it. We don't want to discuss it. It is right to save humanity. It is wrong to pollute this earth. It is right to give hope to the future generation. Don't let anybody tell you that we're going to get on rocket ships and live on Mars. This is our home. In the future, people are going to be saying about this time, this day and age that you're living in now, what was wrong with you? Could you not see, could you not discern the events that were going on right in front of you? Could you not tell? What were you thinking? What were you thinking? Why did you choose that side? Could you not figure out the warnings that were right there in front of you? The same as the Pharisees couldn't figure out the Messiah was standing right in front of them? What was wrong with you? It's so obvious. And what are you going to say? 
what are you going to say? You're going to ask them, do you want the truth? Are you ready for the truth? Can you tell what the truth is? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! The truth is, brethren, 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 9, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. And this is what's going on right now, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The things that Donald Trump is telling you is the truth. The Paris Accord, the Paris Treaty, is designed to rape the United States through legal measures, at the same time building up the European Union, building up this great harlot, this great whore that's spoken to you in Revelation. This is the great whore of Revelation. And she is trying to manipulate the United States and the UK for her own benefit. Germany is upset with Brexit. Germany is upset now that the United States has pulled out to the Paris Accord. Germany has said, we will have to go it alone. Can you handle the truth? Al Gore is not telling you the truth. Those glaciers are back. Maybe not like they were, but it's Jehovah who's sending these curses upon you because you will not obey him. And because you won't obey him, you are given into these strong delusions, thinking that the world has global warming going on. Do you see it? Can you now handle this truth? Can you understand what's taking place? You have been coached years and years in your Christian churches to be tolerant, to be tolerant of everyone else, even at the expense of the truth. This Paris Treaty is a Trojan horse. It's forcing people to be ostriches and sticking their heads in the ground. You cannot do this any longer. This tolerance in our society even accepts gay priests, transgendered priests. Where are the Phineases? Where are the Phineases who are going to stand up and destroy that Simeonite prince and that Moabite princess and stab them both together? Where is the Phineas to stand up for the truth? In the Philippines here last week, it was life as normal. The next day they had martial law in Mindanao begin. Then they have a war against ISIS down there. Then they have a terrorist attack at the casino. A man trying to rob the casino. London has Manchester. Then they're getting ready for the concert in Manchester on Shavuot on Sunday. And at the end of Sabbath, they have seven more people killed and 40 more, 42 more people stabbed on London Bridge by three terrorists. We are in the age of terror. We are in the age of severe weather. And these are both coming to you because of you not obeying Jehovah. These are the curses of Leviticus 26. And there's another curse about to come. And that's the curse of the sword. Are you ready for this truth? Or are you going to continue to be an ostrich burying your head in the sand? It's not global warming. It's not just terrorism. It's not just a fight on, on the diseases of Ebola and SARS and bird flu. These are all curses sent directly by Jehovah. But people will not change. They just will not change. So therefore, we have a war about to come. And the events that Donald Trump is doing is shaping up that war now. It's not that he's causing it. It's that this whore is not willing to let go. This whore 
Europe is trying to control the world. Germany is leading that war, and you have to know these things. And if you don't see it, if you can't handle that truth, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Trump has correctly labeled what the Paris Treaty was doing to the United States. Do you believe that truth, or are you going to believe the majority? I'm telling you to believe the truth. Watch the EU get their own nukes. Watch the EU get their own army. Watch them invade the Middle East. Watch them get that Middle East ready to invade the United States. The seven years of plenty in, in Joseph's day are directly related. When you compare his Jubilee cycle to our Jubilee cycle, they begin in the year 2020. That's the seven years that Egypt will prosper while the rest of the world languishes. That's the time when the European Union, who could not get our our riches through legal means through the Paris Accord is going to take them by force. Get ready. The truth is coming. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. Brethren, there is no other ministry out there teaching you about the sabbatical and jubilee cycles. There is no one else out there teaching you about these curses according to that sabbatical and jubilee cycles. Please, you need me on this wall. Consider supporting us on this wall. Send in a monthly donation. Go to sightedmoon.com to get the mailing address. You can make a donation right there on our website. We need your help. Stand with us. Help us to share this message to the world. Warn them about the war that's coming. Get our books. Get our DVDs to help explain the difference between the global warming and the curses that Jehovah is sending. Get them. Share them. Tell others. Spread the message. Thank you. This is Joe Dumont from SightedMoon.com. Jehovah be with you. It is because of listeners like you who have had the foresight to both pray for us and financially support this program that have allowed us to continue to teach others who are still looking for these truths. Because you have paid it forward, many are now able to hear this message and to learn these truths about the sabbatical and jubilee cycles, along with the magnificent prophecies which could only be revealed in these very last days. When you support our efforts financially today, we are able to produce more radio and video teachings that help others who are waking up and beginning to look for the God that warned us of these curses that are already happening on the nightly news and of even worse, what is yet to come. You can send your support by going to our support page at www.sidedmoon.com or by mailing checks, bank drafts, or money orders made out to Joseph F. Dumond, P.O. Box 21007 RPO, 151st Street, Orangeville, Ontario, Canada, L9WS3O. On behalf of those yet to be called, we thank you for helping us get this end time warning out. <laughs>